Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Today we welcome Shelley Lefko. Shelley is co-founder and president of the Lefko Institute and the founder of Parenting the Lefko Way. She's personally worked with thousands of individuals from around the world. Using the Lefko method, she's helped people eliminate issues as serious as eating disorders, phobias, and depression, as well as everyday problems like procrastination, shyness, fear of public speaking, hello, and the inability to form healthy relationships. Shelley is a speaker, workshop leader, and author of Parenting the Lefko Way. Today, Meg and I couldn't wait to talk with you, Shelley. The amazing work you have done for over 30 years, helping parents, helping people break free from damaging beliefs so they can live the amazing, delicious life they were born to live. So a little backstory here. (laughs) Back in my early 20s, my beliefs got the best of me. And by the time I started college, I had a full-blown panic disorder raging that later turned into agoraphobia. After college, I was lucky enough to meet a teacher, Royce, who helped me resolve many fearful beliefs. But it took eight years of hard work. And feeling completely healed by my 30s, I was ready to start a family. Well, now fast forward 30 years later, Tim and I went to see Dr. Mark Hyman's Feel Good Summit. When I saw Shelly up on the stage listening to your words, I not only recognized your work, but I was beyond excited to meet you. I'd known for a while there was more work I personally needed to do, but I never met anyone doing this type of work. So I began working with you. Your work, although similar to my first teacher, was so different. What took me eight years back then, you and Morty created a method that literally can take minutes to set you free. Belief work is so powerful. It really is a game changer. So Shelly, welcome. Our belief buster superwoman and dear friend, thank you for being here. Dear friend, I was gonna say, you better put that in. Yeah, you are such a dear friend. You're mad at you. I, when I talk about you, sometimes I go, my client, my friend, my, my friend, my client. My <laughs> exactly, because you bring so much magic and we can't wait to share it with our friends listening today. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you for being here, Shelly. It is my joy. It's so fun because I remember when my mom shared her excitement about hearing you speak at Dr. Hyman's Feel Good Summit. And I got to go not hear you speak, but then also have had the pleasure of working with you. And For some, when you hear like a belief detective or overcoming beliefs, it can be kind of like confusing as what do you mean beliefs? So could you explain what exactly it is that you do? I sure will. So first thing is, I want to be really clear. 
about what I mean when I say a belief. So a belief is a statement about reality that you believe is the truth. So it's like being pregnant. You either is or you ain't. It's the truth. So it's not like I think so, or that's what a belief is. I believe this to be true. And our beliefs, most of which are unconscious, we don't even know that we have them, underlie basically every unwanted behavior pattern or emotional pattern. And by that, I mean a behavior pattern would be procrastination, getting into relationships that you don't want to be in or that you shouldn't be in and staying in them, health issues. Um, uh, as I spoke in, you know, in the Feel Good Summit, it was all about health and wellness. And there are beliefs um, uh, about health that make you get sick. Uh, there are beliefs about... Um, health that make you not exercise. There are beliefs that you have that have you eat things that you shouldn't eat and you know you shouldn't eat them and you keep eating them. So our beliefs determine our behavior. They also determine our our emotions. Um, If you walk around with anxiety, um, that's generally belief driven. Um, We also get um, uh, things get conditioned to produce fear And we have a process for that as well. But mostly, you know, if if you're depressed, you know, nobody believes life is good. What I want is important. You know, life is is a daring adventure or nothing at all. And I'm going to get what I want and walks around unhappy and miserable. So, um, So our beliefs determine not only our behavior, not only our emotions, but our reality. You know, if, if somebody said, you know, I believe life is hard, but everything comes easily to me, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so if you believe, and it, it's not just the woo-woo, your beliefs create your reality, it's real. Because if you believe life is hard or, you know, um, things are never going to turn out for you, you're not going to go for it in life. So your reality is going to be very shaped by your beliefs. Mm. Oh, 100%. You think about, you've seen the, I just know from studying in psychology and the animal studies that you have like a duck that hung around with dogs or something and the duck is acting like a dog or the chicken that is raised with puppies, you know, like those things where that's what you see, that's what you believe, you believe that's who you are. So I love that. I love us being able to identify truly what beliefs are. And then in the work that you do, it's not just identifying the beliefs that we have, but eradicating them. And go into a little bit about like what, how you developed this process. Like how did this come about? How, what, what made you get interested from parenting to then going into this belief work, which is so powerful. It's so interesting. I, I will do that. Um, but, but you know, this is obviously a lot of your viewers are foodies, food people. And I was thinking about beliefs and I was thinking about how when you go to Peg's house, you know, everything she cooks is like, it's like the food is like screaming health. I mean, I eat organic and, you know, I eat fresh everything, but but it's different at Peggy's house because, you know, she's so imbued with these beliefs about the importance of healthy eating and the importance of food being beautiful and 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 the love that she puts into it and and it's just 
so struck me. Um, while you were talking, I had this vision of sitting at, you know, your kitchen table and, um, you know, and just eating this gorgeous food. And I mean it, it was like, it was like the food was imbued with, with love and health. And yesterday I had a client who doesn't exercise and she's so funny. She says, I, I can't, I, I, Every time I stop exercising, she says, um, I think I'm going to exercise and lose weight. And I said, well, what are you eating? And she said, I eat pasta, bread and cheese every day. And I said, yeah, that'll do it. You know, and I kept saying to her, and this is so important, your beliefs color what you see and what you hear. So I kept saying to her, but exercise is is about health it's not about losing weight it's about health it's because she says when i exercise and i don't lose weight i think it's a waste of time and during the next five minutes of conversation she kept going back to losing weight and exercise she literally couldn't hear that because she had the belief it was a waste of time she 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 couldn't get she couldn't hear me keep saying but it's not about losing weight so our beliefs determine so much about what we hear, what we do, how we are in the kitchen, how we are around food and health. So I'll back up. My husband was depressed a lot of his life, my late husband. Um, um, and um, a lot of things that were supposed to turn out that should have turned out didn't. And um, he had done every personal growth primal scream, God knows what. And he had, you know, grown and it helped. And, you know, what, what a lot of things do is they teach you how to cope with life. And so you learn how to cope. What we do eliminates the beliefs. So there's nothing to cope with. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Really important. Can you say that again? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like good therapy or certain programs teach you how to cope with life. And that's better than not coping with life. What we do is we eliminate the blocks or the barriers so that there's nothing to cope with. You just get to live. You just get to live. So Morty was on a plane and he was going to, um, at the time we were, um, uh, he was a consultant working with companies and he was going to try to close this deal. Uh, the state of California was giving a million dollars grant, John Vasconcellos, uh, towards a state of esteem. And he was going to, they were going to take people who were on unemployment and um, train them and, and get them all motivated and, you know, to go back into the workforce and get off unemployment. So they were interviewing a lot of motivational people and Morty was on the plane and he started um, journaling and he started writing. What is it? You know, very much like Neil Donald Walsh. And he, he doesn't hold it that he had a conversation with God, which is Neil's work, but he feels like he downloaded this program. And that's because he's very humble and he was a genius and he never wants to take credit for anything. But out at the end of the trip, this process was on a piece of paper and he went in and he did it. He did the process on these people and they hired him on the spot. He came back 
and life changed. Um, so we started doing it in companies. And then one day he did it with, um, uh, as it would happen, his ex-wife, who is part of our family. And um, she wanted to get married again, or she wanted to meet a guy. And he said, well, tell me what your beliefs are about marriage and, and men and she starts spouting, you know, it's um, marriage is suffocating and marriage is you have to give up your yourself and, you know, all of this. And I just sat there and I watched him do the process with her. And it was the most profound moment spiritually in my life because I just sat there and I just went, that's why I'm on this planet. I am here to do that what he just did. <laughs> it was like, wow. And that was it. You know, I just, that was it. So that's how it got created. And I want to, I, I just want to talk a little bit about how beliefs get formed. Is that okay? That was, that yes. was my next question. Okay, so, good. Thank you. <laughs> so we come into this world and we don't know anything. We don't know if we're good enough or not good enough. We don't know if life is easy or hard. We don't know if McDonald's is good for you or it's not. We do not know if, if money is scarce and hard to get or it's abundant. We have no idea with these little balls of consciousness. Now, what consciousness does is it creates distinctions because you can't be here on this planet without a distinction. So we come in, you either have a mom, a dad, a mom and a dad, two moms, two dads, whatever you have, and they're it. They're everything. They know, every, look at what they can, they can do. They can do everything. So now I'm little and I cry and I don't get picked up or I want attention and I don't get it. Or I'm talking to my parents and they are looking at their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Now, let me back up. If I ask anybody who has little kids, and everybody who has little kids, think about this. When you walk in at the end of the day, what do your children do when they see you? They run after you. They run. They run. Now, I have clients in Uganda, I have clients in Pakistan. I have clients in New Zealand. And when I ask that question, every single one of them says they run to me. And I say, and what do they want? Three things. Attention. Attention. Love. Affection. Uh-huh. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Yeah. Wow. It's greatly alliterated. Affection, attention, and acknowledgement. That is what every child on every, in every country wants. Now, what is the one word question every little child asks all day long? Why? 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 <laughs> now, Meg doesn't have kids and she knew why. I nannied for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and she grew up with four. And you know, you, like, if you spend any time with kids, it's like never ending. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so. Why are my parents not paying attention to me? Why is she looking at her iPhone while I'm talking to her? And this is my soapbox, by the way. So I always use that. It's really good. Well, I guess I'm not important. 
Mm. Why am I, why can't I live up to their expectations? Why are they getting so annoyed with me? Why are they criticizing me? Why? Well, I guess I'm not good enough. Why don't I get hugs and kisses? Well, I guess I'm not lovable. Why do they yell at me every time I make a mistake or fail? Well, I guess mistakes and failures are bad. Mm. And it's as if we can see those beliefs right there in the world. And when I say to clients who have graduated Harvard with PhDs, what do you believe that has you do not, not leave your job because you've been stuck in a job that you hate um, as a PhD on staff? Harvard PhDs, five of them. I'm stupid. You're stupid. How'd you get through Harvard? Well, I conned my way through Harvard because they think they saw that they were stupid. And what you actually see is your parent saying, what's wrong with you? You don't think. How many times do I have to tell you? You don't use, like my father used to say, ah, you don't use your head. Yeah, my father loved me to the moon and back. And it doesn't mean you have bad parents or you were a bad parent, but because, and this is why I became a parenting educator, because we don't get trained to do the hardest job in the world. There's no handbook. There's no handbook. There There's is no now. And generationally, like in our generation, like our famous word was, my dad would always say over and over again, children are to be seen and not heard. That was huge growing up. Huge. And in our generation, people said that. Now, what would a child conclude? And here's the thing. Parents are everything, everything to their children. That's right. And once you say also the words that we speak are also everything, even if you slough it off as, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There is no joke in hurtful words, even if you're joking, because that's what, you know, for me, I was always, you know, my biggest thing that we worked on was I felt stupid because I was, I was told by parents, friends, teachers, you know, you're, you're never going to, you can't write. <laughs> you can't write. You can't read, you know, like all this stuff. And, and it's like, no, you know, and, and so it, it's true. The words that we speak are so important to how our children grow up and what they I believe about themselves. It's so true. And it's so wonderful hearing you explain this because at that age, like this is for me, like why I love working with you and really getting to dissect that for me personally. But when you hear it in such a general sense, everyone can relate to that. Everyone has had that thing. Like I was one of four. My parents were extremely affectionate and attentive. However, there was still parts of me that didn't get that attention or was neglected just by sheer numbers and by the sheer amount of attention that was required for each of my sisters. And it's again, that forgiveness. I love what you said. It's like, you're not a bad parent. No, no one's been taught this. This is where you now get to look back. And I always think my biggest lesson in my life has been forgiveness, 
forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of those that have wronged me. And it's like where you can go back and forgive people that you love so deeply to then forgive yourself for thinking that way about thinking something that now you can let it go. You no longer are defined by that. You no longer have to have that like subconsciously lingering around in your world. Well, I love what you said, Meg. And I, I just want to, I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to say something about what you just said. Brilliant words. I work with people who are incest survivors, rape victims. It's my favorite population of people. Because when you get rid of the beliefs, I'm powerless, I'm damaged goods, um, uh, Nobody would ever want me. Men are evil. Men are whatever. When you get rid of those beliefs, you are no longer defined. You no longer define yourself by something that happened to you 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago that has been running your entire life. And that is huge, huge. After one session... People get rid of those beliefs and the freedom, the fa- I just worked with a young, one of my clients, this is a funny, not funny, but very serendipitous thing. A client said to me, I want you to work with my daughter. My husband and I are going to get divorced and I want to make sure she's okay. And she's in college. And would you work with her? And I said, sure. So the kid gets on and I look at her face and I said, sweetie, What's wrong? I mean, you could see the pain in her face. And she said, God, I never know what I'm going to talk about in these things. (laughs) And she just, she looks at me and she says, a year and a half ago, I was date raped. And I said, oh, sweetie. She said, yeah, my mom doesn't know. She knows now. My mom doesn't know. And I said, oh, my God. I said, you know, So we got rid of, I'm damaged goods. It was my fault, blah, 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 whatever else. And at the end of the session, when we got to the meaning part, and I won't go into that yet, um, she got that what happened to her was scary and horrible and didn't feel good and was a terrible night but that it didn't mean anything about her and that it was, you know, and and that I'm powerless went away and all those beliefs. At the end of one session, she was smiling and her whole face was different. And it was just so, I I just love what you said, Megan, that, that you're not defined. You don't define yourself anymore by these beliefs. And there's a huge freedom in that because who I am is not, not, I'm not good enough or not good enough. Who I am is a being who does things, there's ups, there's down, there's highs, there's lows, there's wins, there's losses. That's the game. That's the game called life. (laughs) It makes me so emotional just like listening to that and hearing that because even though I personally have never, well, I have experienced that, but like how many of my girlfriends and how many friends and how many people have had just such awful things happen to them and they carry it like so heavily, like it has to do with them. And it just breaks my heart because 
those things, like a lot of times that doesn't define you. And then people create their identity wrapped around this. Like they hold so tightly to it because they don't, they can't see like their light or their purpose in it anymore. And it's just, again, like, I'm so grateful for you and the work that you do and to bring people back to themselves and to come back to like, my mom always talks about this and I'm getting back into it. It's like why people love coming to our house and what you said about like, you feel it in the food. And when you just walk in the door, people never want to leave. My mom lives life through play. Like she has so much fun and so much love for everything she does. And that's what we're meant to do. But things that happen to us, I've been looking a lot of, I've been researching myself and doing a lot of stuff about abundance and perspective and how we can change the perspective and how we can, what you teach is changing the story of what we've been telling ourselves. And it's just, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful for you. And it's so important. Sweetie, thank you. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh Megan, thank I, you. And I love, I love, what, I love what, go ahead. Um, I just, I'm sitting here, my whole body's shaking because this work I know in my heart and soul is so much of, you know, how like we say, well, I just want to be happy. That's all I did my whole life. I just want to be happy, but I never had the roadmap to really get there. And what you are offering is this to me, cataclysmic way of being able to crack the code of helping people get to that happiness in minutes. And in minutes, how did, how did we do it, darling? Remember when I stayed with you? Yeah. Where did we do it? Where did we do it? At, well, when you stayed with me at the, t- at the kitchen table. <laughs> no, th- yes, but we, you and I did it on a walk. Oh, on a walk, yeah. And you eliminated a phenomenal belief that was just like, you know, it was about friendship or people or something. Mm-hmm. And, and the, it was just like, and, and that's the thing. You know, that, that's what I love about my work, that you don't have to sit you know, for 10 years and talk about that same story of what happened to you over and over and over and over. And it's just like, I don't, you know, but but sometimes my clients will call and they'll say, I'm not sure what I want to work on because, well, we finished a pattern. And I said, see you, bye. And they go, no, no, I love you. I want to work with you. And I go, no, you know, we, I'll, we'll have lunch, but (laughs) I will not, I do not think people's lives should be about working on themselves. I think people's lives should be about enjoying their lives. I think that's what I love you so much as well. Again, I mean, I, my love for you is infinite, but this is (laughs) this idea that like, I think we're all waking up to that, like it has to be work is hard. You know, that's another story we've been taught. And I feel like everybody these days is like, fuck that. We're over it. And it can be fun. It can happen like this. We can change it. It can be quick. It can be enjoyable. You can process the hard things and let it go so that we can start having fun. And I think it's so important right now, especially with everybody, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic, a huge recession. I mean, talking about how you and your husband first created this, it just brought me back to like what we are literally in the middle of right now with so many people who are unemployed, so many people that have now like for whatever reason are not working or can't work and have these health issues and 
this is it. Like, this is like so important for everybody to listen to. Yeah, the work. And that's, that's a question that I have for you, Shelley, too, because at any age, beliefs can be formulated. Can they not? Can yes, you, yes. Like and even in this pandemic, can people create a belief? Yes, but I would contend that people have beliefs that make them resilient or resilient, and people who have beliefs um, that the world is ending and this is terrible. You know, I have friends who don't leave the house. I have a belief that's not healthy. I mean, I, I need to be, I need human contact. I mean, I'm not hugging and kissing and being, you know, silly about it, but I hike a lot with friends. Um, you know, we're responsible about it. I have my little bubble, but um, I'm very clear that I have a strong immune system and that's just a belief that I have. You know, I have a very strong immune system Yes, and I'm going to be okay. That's why I'm going to, you know, Hawaii, because I know that seeing my grandson for me is going to imbue my immune system with a lot of healthy cells. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to, I want to say something about your, um, about this whole thing about eating well and exercising um, again, because I, I know this podcast is, you know, about health and wellness. Um, I believe I have a very, like a, a strong, I have a belief that a belief is a belief, right? But I do believe that um, if that exercise keeps you young and fit and healthy and alive. Mm -hmm. And because I have that belief, I go to the gym six days a week. I don't ask when I get up in the morning, should I, shouldn't I? I'm not, well, I didn't sleep last night or I, and I drank. Or, no, I go. Like you brush your teeth, you go to the gym. I hate working out at home. I, if I missed a day at the gym, which of course I'm human, I did sometimes, I'd say, I'll just work out at home. I don't. When this pandemic hit, I said to myself, you are going to work out. You're going to do something every day. So if I'm not hiking, I do my yoga. And what I do is I go to my computer. I had a couple of live classes that I'm not doing anymore, but I go to my computer, I go to YouTube and I go yoga. <laughs> Just like, oh, what's Ashtanga? I never did Ashtanga or Iyengar. Let's see what that's about. Or, oh no, I like my Anusara. I'm going to do that today. Pilates, you know. So my, my point is not how great I am because I have other food things. I gained 10 pounds. I have the COVID-10 like everybody else. But exercise, I'm just making a point that that belief, that exercise, when I go to Hawaii and my daughter says, do you want to go for a hike? I don't want to say how high, how far, how long. I just want to say yes. Mm -hmm. So that drives me to do it. And because I have the belief that being young is so important, I put on the 23-year-old. And when they say modify, I say, yeah, modify this. I don't modify. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sometimes I do. <laughs> but if, like, if you're listening to me, what I want you to do is to think about what is that little voice in your head saying to you about eating well? Well, I don't have time. Well, 
you don't not have time because if you don't eat well and you don't exercise and you don't stay healthy, you will have less time or your time here will not be as, again, if I'm going to be here, I want to be alive. I don't want to be in a chair. I can't, oh, I can't bend over. Or, oh, I can't stand up or, you know. I want my brain to work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I want I mean, my brain to function. I'm a sugar addict. I'm an acknowledged sugar addict. My name is Shelly Lefko, and I am a sugar addict. That's why you and Tim love each other. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we went out. We had the best desserts. We had two desserts and shared, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while. No, but but I I saw, you know, that, I mean, I don't eat sugar every day or every night. And when I say sugar, I mean desserts. I don't mean like this sugar and tomato sauce, you know, although I do watch that. Um, but I gave it up. I said, that's it. I just didn't, ha- I haven't had it in three weeks. And I needed to do that for myself. And I feel so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So listen to that little voice that says, I'll exercise tomorrow, or, oh, I don't really, or I can't. See, if you have the belief, I'm not important. Now, everybody take a deep breath. You too did this already, so you don't have to do this. Say out loud, I'm not important. I'm not important. Now say, I'm a monkey. I'm a monkey. I'm a monkey. Now, I'm a monkey probably feels silly, but if when you said I'm in, I'm not important, that doesn't feel good. You have the belief because when you say a belief that you have, it doesn't feel good if it's mm. if it's true. And if you think you don't have that belief because pretty much everyone does, ask yourself what makes you important. Mm. And if you said anything other than nothing, I just am, you have the belief I'm not important. Because if you have to be, do, or have anything in order to be important, you don't believe that you are. Now, if you wait, believe- wait, Say that again, because that's a really important line. I don't want to pass that one up again. Okay. Say that again, please. <laughs> if you. you have to be, do, or have something- in order to be important, if you have to achieve something, if you're a workaholic, you have to achieve in order to be important. I know this isn't true for anybody, but if you worry about what other people think of you, you might have the belief what makes me important is having others think well of me or being a good mother or what makes me important is helping people. Whatever that is, if you believe, like I raised my kids to believe, you are important period. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to have anything. You're just important. None of us were raised like that for the most part. So if you believe I'm not important, are you going to take care of yourself? No. Are you going to cook gorgeous meals for yourself or say to your kids, I'm exercising right now. I will play with you as soon as mommy's finished, or I'm taking a hot bath tonight and I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. Not going to happen. Wow. That is so critical for, especially those that, you know, all of us that are parents or even not, I mean, I know Megan and I talk a lot about self-care and how can you take care of yourself if you have these beliefs, you know, 
other people are more important than I am. Yeah, what I got to do this, 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 and this today and fall on the couch and I'm dead meat in the middle of the road at the end of the day because I have no energy left for me. So you got to bank that in for yourself because you are important. You are important. Megan made such a great point about coming from a lot of kids. You know, whenever somebody says to me, oh, I'm one of four or more, I just write, I'm not important. I just write it because you can't give four kids your undivided attention. But if you are the oldest of 10 and you got acknowledged for taking care of the siblings, what you end up believing is what makes me good enough is taking care of people. So now you're a caretaker mm. and that's where you get your self-esteem from. So you're not taking care of you. You don't, you can't do that because here's a beach ball. I'm not important. What makes me important or I'm not good enough. The most common belief of all, I'm not good enough. What makes me good enough is taking care of people or achieving things or pleasing people or whatever it is. So you're trying to keep this beach ball underwater. Right. You can't right. see Shelly's hand right now, but what she's got is her hand, her fist, and then she's pushing down this beach ball that is this belief. They can't see me? They can't see you because, well, listening. we're listening. They would be able to, they'll be able to yeah, see you, but yes. <laughs> say that again? Well, they will see you, but they're listening to you on the podcast, so they can't see your hands. So just describing what you're doing so people that are listening to this can hear, so they get the visual, is that your your fist is basically this beach ball that is this belief, and we are keeping it underwater by by saying, I'm important because I take care of people. And that's helping relieve this this feeling this belief that we have about ourselves. That's how we're combating it pretty much. Yeah. See, it's the same thing with affirmations. Now, if affirmations work for you, keep doing it. But the truth is an affirmation is again, if I have my fist in front of me, this is a belief. Mm -hmm. Can't put something. I'm not good enough. No, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. You can't put something where there already is something. And the only person who has to stand in front of the mirror going, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, I'm good enough, is somebody who believes they're not. Because if you believed you were good enough, you wouldn't be in front of a mirror. <laughs> telling oh yourself. That is, that's like another huge point, Shelley. I know that there's like three, or you have like your top three beliefs, you know, specifically. Top five. Or top, top five beliefs. beliefs. Um, can you go through what those top five are? Yes. I'm not good enough. I'm not important. Mistakes and failures are bad. If I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. And what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. That was the belief that ran my life. When I got rid of it, I called it my Martin Luther King Jr. moment because I was free at last. Oh. I love that. And it's so, it's interesting. You can figure out for yourself, just like what you had us do before is like, just say those statements to yourself and you'll be able to understand which one is causing an unpleasant emotion as you say it. I remember when we worked through it, my big one was not being good enough. 
you know, like I would say it and I just start crying as we already know, I'm emotional and very emotional, but like, that was something that was so powerful. And I didn't realize how that like was infiltrating so many parts of my life that it wasn't serving me. Mm. It does. It's, it's the mother, it's the mother of all beliefs. You get rid of that one and it, it's big, you know, in fact, what I'm going to do for your listeners is I'm going to send them to re re recreate your life.com and you can eliminate a belief for free. And there's those three top beliefs. Uh, there's actually, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I think I'm not important. And I think uh, failures. Mistakes and mistakes failures are bad. Yeah. 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 And then you can go through the process and actually see how it's done and you can eliminate a belief. Um, and of course, we have a program that you can do online. Um, that's 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs that my husband and I take you through and, um, and eliminate, help you eliminate beliefs. And what Shelley's talking about is the leftcoinstitute.com, and that will be in our show notes as well. Is it the Lefko Institute? No, it's recreateyourlife.com. Okay, so then that will be, that's different. Yeah, Lefko Institute is if you want to work with me, do private sessions, but but this this process, um, the online process is recreateyourlife.com. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much, Shelley. That's like, what a gift. Truly, 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 you guys, this is a free, this is something that you can, tr- you do for free, that you get to guide yourself through this, that will radically shift your life for the better. And I know, I don't know about you, but right now, any little win is huge for me right now. I am celebrating all of the small little victories. And I think right now more than ever, it's really shown us a lot of shadows, a lot of dark, darker thoughts or beliefs that we might have about ourselves and what we're kind of sitting in our home with our thoughts and really trying to understand, are we scared of our health? Are we scared of seeing other people? Are we scared of the unknown of what's about to unfold? You know, this is a great time to to go on and try this out. And if you can work with Shelly, my goodness, I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, and the other thing, Megan, while you were saying that, which is so critical is, okay, here we are, we're all stuck. I have the parent mommy hat on, you know, and I see these parents going crazy because now they have to be not only mommy, they have to be teacher and house cleaner and all these things that, you know, psychology, every single thing, because now we're all kind of incubated together. And I see a lot of moms. And so hearing what we just heard today and how the words that we speak to ourselves and to our children matter so greatly. So having that awareness and learning these techniques of, you know, how to parent a functional, happy, healthy child, is, isn't that what we all want anyway, you know? And so it's, it's such important work, Shelley, that you're teaching all of us right now. Well, I'll give you the 30-second um, bottom line of parenting. Um, uh, if I did a podcast, I could talk for, you know, 12 hours on parenting. We'll, we'll the, have you back definitely to talk about. But the, but the single thing that you want to know when your child walks away from you 
stop and ask yourself, what did they just conclude about that interaction? And is that a belief I want them to have for the rest of their lives? Mm. And if it's not, go clean it up Oof. and get trained. You know, I mean, I have a program, I think it's the manual, you know, um, uh, it's now called Empowering the Next Generation. But here's the most important thing I'm going to tell you. Before you listen to any parenting expert, stop and ask yourself, if I do that thing that they're telling me to do, like Dr. Dobson says, you know, spank your kid and let them feel it through the diaper. You know, if I do that, what will my child conclude? Well, they'll conclude that they're powerless and that they're bad and that violence is a way to handle things. Wow. You know, if somebody tells you, let your child cry themselves to sleep at night, and I don't care how you do it, if it's at 10 minutes or five minutes or two seconds, ask yourself the question, if I let my child cry themselves to sleep at night, it will, they will stop crying. They will. At some point, they'll get, you're not coming, and they'll just stop. But what did they conclude when I did that? Mm, I'm not, not important. important. <laughs> I don't matter. The one way I have to communicate doesn't work. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> so, so that's my parenting advice. Um, wow. When you listen to experts, before you do anything they tell you to do, stop and ask yourself, what might my child conclude if I do this thing? You know, people who, who sabotage, I don't like to say it, but for time's sake, I will. People who sabotage themselves or their life generally have the belief, if you do something wrong, you deserve to be punished. Well, where did they get that belief from? <laughs> Punish your child, they're going to believe they deserve to be punished. And then they're going to grow up and make sure they get punished. <laughs> so not a belief you want your children to have. And punishment doesn't work anyway. If it did, you'd only have to do it once. <laughs> wow. So true. So much important information that I think that, Shelley, we could, I, I, I just have like so many questions and, and I know that our listeners will also have so many questions. And I think like what you said um, about parenting, that's a whole nother podcast because our community is, is filled with parents and young people. And, you know, I think Megan and I really wanted to bring to the table um, the beliefs and how they run our lives and how you can eliminate these beliefs so that you can go on and live this healthy, happy, functioning life. And then, you know, just <laughs> make magic. <laughs> well, and I think it's so true as well, because even hearing you talk about that, you know, like the parents, for the parents that did let their kids cry themselves to sleep, because that's what you were taught. It's like forgiving yourself. Like, clearly I got my, I'm not important from either that or some other thing that my mom did. But, you know, I could just always come back to, we're doing the best we can until we learn better. And that's what we're, this journey called life is all about is our evolution and always wanting to learn. At least I know for me, that's something that's so important. And the people that I surround myself with, it's so important that we're all trying to be better versions of who we are and to learn more and to do better and to serve. And I think, you know, a big one that I just think of this belief of like, 
especially with health and wellness and especially around now, like I had this belief from things I heard subconsciously about like if I was successful or I did like I couldn't have kids and have a job and make money and all these things. And I'm so grateful for the work that we did together because that made me realize that these were things that I learned in childhood, but didn't have to allow them to, to rule my life now. And we're always able to get rid of it and shift, you know, that's the beauty of this. Like we're in a huge, like plot twist in life right now, like hit with things that we can't control. And I think that if you're somebody that feels stuck in health or a relationship or a career or something, um, do that free, the free session on recreate your life. And that Shelly said, that's linked below and ask yourself these things of why am I allowing this to be my, my reality? What is causing this to be my reality? Yeah. Egg? Yeah. You did good. Isn't she so good? And, and I, Egg, you did good. Oh, I did good. <laughs> well, I, wanted to, I wanted to share that as a parent, if you're listening and you have kids that are now in their 20s or teens or in college, or give this as a gift to your child. Because, you know, you think, oh, my job was already done. They're what the way they are. No, this was such a gift that I've offered to all of my kids, you know, and some will take it, some won't, you know, but Megan, you know, because of the work that we've been doing together for all these years, you know, God bless you, Meg, you know. But, but that, she, that you kept bringing it back to forgiveness you know, I forget sometimes to say that. And I was not the perfect parent. My kids are not without issues. It doesn't happen. You can't. And and I think it is important. You know, it's funny when you people talk about forgiveness a lot. Morty used to say, given the fact that people can't do anything other than what their beliefs tell them to do, there's nothing to forgive. Mm, I mean, yeah, he had a yeah. whole different perspective on forgiveness. There's nothing to forgive. They didn't do it intentionally. They didn't do it because they're horrible people. They did it because they have beliefs. So what am I forgiving them for? You know, it's just that's how he held it. So I often forget to say that. And I really appreciate that you did say that because that's the game to, to be the best self that you can be. And when you're not being the best self, going back and apologizing is your best self, you know, cleaning up messes, you know, saying to your kids, yeah, I did things and maybe you have beliefs and here's a session. <laughs> it's just like, you know. So and I think about it is. And I think about it in relationship to, you know, it used to frustrate me that some of my sisters wouldn't take my mom up on like an offer to go work with you. I'm like, what are you guys crazy? Like, are, do you not want to do it? But I also have to understand that it's scary facing these truths and it's scary shedding parts of you. Like I've recently experienced like a death of an old me. And like, that is letting go of that, of like somebody that you've identified so long or like letting, like acknowledging your inner child work or things like that. There's so many ways to do this work. And, you know, I just think that like you have to meet people where they are. And if this is something that does spark your interest, we can't encourage you enough to check it out because it is only going to make your life better. But also knowing that if you're not ready to do this work yet, like 
when it's time, it'll come to you. And that too is okay because maybe it's still too raw or the experience you had is too new or something like you're trying to figure it out. Like wherever you are, like that's why we created Make Life Delicious, this podcast, because food is like what we start is like, you know, you start with what you feed yourself, but it's so much more than the food. Wellness is so holistic. I mean, that's why I love functional medicine. It's taking in the whole picture. It's your relationships. It's the people you spend your time with. It's how you talk to yourself, how you, how you treat yourself, not just how you feed yourself. And this is one of those things that has really enhanced our overall well-being and has made our lives so delicious. And we thank you. I love you. Oh. oh my God. I love this so much. So I want to say something. I, I have a belief that things <laughs> always work out for me. And a friend of mine was having a birthday party in um, LA. It was his 80th birthday. And I couldn't decide, should I fly down? Shouldn't I fly down? I couldn't stay at their house. And I didn't know where I was going to stay. And it was just this whole thing. And it was Friday afternoon and the party was Saturday and Peggy was my, my last session. And all of a sudden, I, from nowhere, I said, is Manhattan, you live in Manhattan Beach, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, is that near Pacific Palisades? And she goes, yeah, it's very close. And I said, well, oh, cause I was thinking of flying down, you know, tonight, um, because uh, my friend is having this this 80th birthday party. And she goes, oh my God, you could stay with me and I have a car and you could do da da and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was like, <laughs> and, and what made me think of the story was, I mean, here she is, this client that I met at the Feel Good Summit. <laughs> She's inviting me to her house for the weekend. But there was such a connection and it was delicious. Oh. And that's so present for me as I'm sitting here that from the minute I walked into that house, the weekend was delicious, just delicious. And, um, and, and the, the generosity of have my car, have my husband. I don't remember, where did you go? But I had a date with her husband. We went to dinner. It was like fabulous. <laughs> have my, car, my husband, take my kids, you know, whatever you want, you know. Life um, is good. <laughs> life is good. And it was just completely delicious. And, and why I share that is open. It's like, it's like what Meg just said about like, you don't want this gift to be able to get the barriers out of your way to open up to life. Mm-hmm. Open up to life. It's delicious. Mm. You know, and I, I get up in the morning and I go, oh, God, I'm alone. And, you know, my husband died and oh, poor me. And, you know, I, and and then the next moment I go, stop, 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 stop. And then I do a gratitude practice every morning and I, I get seriously into what I'm grateful for, not just, you know, saying it, but I'm so grateful that life is delicious and we're on a pause right now. And we have a lot of opportunity to look at ourselves and, you know, and then I find out his beliefs. I believe everybody who had a, has a husband had a marriage like mine. Meanwhile, I have clients going, if I don't get out of this house, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> We're together 24-7. I can't take it anymore. I'm going crazy. So the grass always looks greener and it's not. 
everybody has their stuff. We all do. We all do. But open up to life. It's delicious. Oh, my God. And on that note, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, if you want some of this deliciousness for yourself and you want to find Shelly, you can... Follow Shelly on her Instagram at Shelly Lefko, and that'll be in the show notes. You can go to lefkoinstitute.com. You can go to recreateyourlife.com. You can go to YouTube. Shelly's been on like so many incredible um, YouTube shows with Jim Quick, The Mind Valley, and our dear friend Drew Perot from The Broken Brain. So there's so many and Mark Hyman on December 9th. Oh, and Mark, yes. I'm in on the pharmacy, the doctor's pharmacy. So you yeah. guys, find Shelly. Listen to this juiciness that she has to offer. It's truly magical. And we love you, Shelly, from our hearts guys. to you. And we hope we see you so soon. <laughs> and if you one, guys, one, one. if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Share it with a friend. If there's somebody, a family member, somebody that you know, if this resonated with you or you just enjoyed what you heard, share it so that more people can learn what Shelly, the amazing work that Shelly's doing and so that more people can share in the deliciousness that I get to do with my mom every day. So thank you all. 